right, we're back. Week three, college football coming up. Uh, we're going to do a couple of uh, recap from week two. A lot of cool stuff happened last week. Didn't think we had a lot of good material on the board, but it ended up being a pretty cool week. So starting off first, let's talk about that Colorado game. I think everybody watched it. Okay. Dirtiest hit of the year. <laughs> Blackburn. He is deserving of all the death threats oh, he's getting God. right now. Oh, my okay. God. I'm just kidding. It's just football. But at the same time, it was a dirty hit. Travis Hunter, if he would have been in there the whole game, the game would have been totally different. Don't take it away from the fact that that's one of the best games I've, I've ever watched, and I didn't think I'd ever say that about Colorado, Colorado State. Exciting game. I stay up to 2 a.m. watching that thing. But if Travis Hunter would have been in the game the entire time, it wouldn't have gone that long. Wouldn't have been doing that because uh, Holden in the what was the Horton Horton nasty yeah nasty. But if Travis Hunter was in the game, Horton would have done anything. So that's that's my defense on that because Horton was doing everything for them. I think Travis Hunter should take the D off of his jersey and give it to Horton. Bold take. Hell nah, dog. They don't they don't do captains. Yeah. They do dogs and leaders. Yeah. And but he is I a hope dog. he has, I hope he gets better soon. Yeah, I love Travis. Yeah, I like him. I mean, I'm my, a Buffalo. Yeah, Brennan's a Buffalo. What was impressive to me, Colorado State pinned them. They had a 98-yard drive. Colorado State sucks. They're trash. I wasn't – I'm still not impressed with Colorado, honestly. I'm still not – I don't believe it. But people I, get hyped up for interstate rivalries, well, yeah, and that yeah. was a rivalry. Yeah, it was. It was the most. It was the fifth most watched game ever. Lil Wayne was there for a regular season game. Who's not gonna play good for Lil Wayne? <laughs> they even got Kawhi Leonard there. Kawhi well, Leonard think, doesn't even show up to his own games. <laughs> he doesn't play, but he might show up. I, my thing is, I think Colorado State lost this game. They did not like Colorado did not win this game. Colorado State lost the game. They did and, lose the game, and the reason is, at the end of the game, there you have to go for two. I don't understand the fact that you know that you're kicking an extra point to go into overtime just to try to go for two after you score, if you score. And, and Kamara's you, two big penalties, too. Yeah, two and massive, and he was hurt the whole game. Mm-hmm. It was kind of pissing me off. Every five seconds, he had to go to commercial because he's over here cramping or something's hurting. Yeah. Yeah. Trainers are going to have to fucking ice tomorrow because they're sore from how many times they had to run on the field. It is a lot of moving pieces there, but don't take away from the fact of uh, – Shadur's 98-yard drive, mm-hmm. that was some Tom Brady-type stuff. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Shadur Sanders is the second-best prospect in America. He's right a now. great quarterback. He's tough. He got hit a lot. He got hit a lot. He's tough. He puts the ball where it needs to be. Um, he just keeps going. He's a dog. But my thing is I don't think he is a legitimate Heisman candidate just for the fact of what they're, they're – not right right now, yeah. We can give them the hype. We can give them all this stuff. But my thing is, as the season goes on, how many more games are they going to win? Can you give a Heisman candidate, you know, that has a team that has six to seven wins? Do you give them they'll the trophy? Win, they'll win more games than six to seven they're not, games. They're about, to, they're about to play USC. And they're about to play Oregon but here's this the week. Thing, they're right, going to get fucking dog They lose to USC week. and Oregon. They lose to USC and Oregon. And then they go and two buy. losses. But let me tell you this. If Colorado State's taking Oregon's... The only way they're in games is because of Shadur Sanders. Yeah. Shadur Sanders is going to keep them in games, he's going to win them games, and he's going to keep them in games. And he's going to come away with some ridiculous stats this year. You know who's not going to keep them in games? Travis Hunter, because he has a lacerated liver. And that's my thing. Really? That's what was That was what that's, was impressive, that, I think, was the fact that, that Shadur was doing that without Travis Hunter. He's amazing. But you're playing the worst team in college football. They're back. Colorado State's back. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Gruber. I mean, I'm I'm getting to the point where I, why are we act surprised that Shador and Travis Hunter are good? Mm-hmm. Do you Tra- think he's a legitimate Heisman candidate? Right now, yes. Yeah, right Do I now. think he will be at the end of the year? No. And I think it's going to come down to the fact of what you saw Saturday. There was one guy that gave Shador Sanders fits all night, and that was the Kamar guy. I mm-hmm. can't think of his first name. I'm sorry. But it's not he, he's not going to play on the team next year. He's gone. No, he's gone. But that one guy gave him fits all night. Wait until you get to Oregon, USC, guys that have multiple guys that will give you fits all night. I think that it's just going to come down to the point where that offensive line cannot hold up against the better talent. They're gonna and we knew. We knew that going in that the offensive line was going to be the weak point of this team. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't believe. 
Y'all don't believe in Dion. I, I don't. I don't believe him. I believe him in him against competition like Colorado State and against competition like TCU because TCU is also cheeks. They're terrible. Y'all don't believe. You know who I do believe in. Them Florida Gators down there in the swamp. <laughs> Ooh, man, that was fun to watch. Two hardcore Tennessee fans right here. Yeah, going to play that in front yeah, of them. Yeah, I know. And you're sitting in between them. You know, it was a victory. It felt great just to watch Mertz absolutely surgically pull them apart for a little <laughs> bit, and he was bleeding out of every part of his body. He was out there just giving it his all. We're running the fucking ball right down their throats every single play. I mean, it looked great. Etienne looked better. We than had we had more. My thing is, we had more than eleven guys on the field. Stripes were on our side. <laughs> there they were. They were on our team. They were, they were on our team Saturday night. <laughs> they were. Yeah, Jacob, you want to give your thoughts before I even? Well, start I mean, to touch first off, I've been a Tennessee fan my whole life, so <laughs> am I shocked or surprised? Absolutely fucking not. I've said it once. I've said it again. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's really good at letting me down, so I'm not surprised whatsoever. What'd you say about your funeral? I want it lined with Tennessee football players on one side, basketball players on the other. If it takes two extra because of my big ass, <laughs> line them up with baseball players <laughs> so they can let me down one last time. <laughs> and look, I, I will, I'll say this one thing because I hate to be that guy. And before I even say this, I will say. Florida played a hell of a game, especially in the first half. Um, defensively, you know, adjusting to our play calls and knowing what to expect and things like that, I'll give it to them. They, they played a fucking game. Mm-hmm. But they were definitely a couple calls that were very questionable from the stripes. However, I've always been a type that's like, don't put yourself in a situation where mm-hmm. it comes down to, you know, how a play mm-hmm. may be called, you know, penalty or not. And so that leads me to my next thing. I'm normally the guy that's, you know, really high on, you know, staying with what we got and not moving forward. Like, trust me, I love, let me make this clear, I love Joe Milton. I really, really do. And if this was his first year as a transfer out of Michigan, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. But here's where my head's at. He's been there for a while. Okay. He's had his chance. He's had multiple chances. And it hasn't happened yet. And you can say, you know, it was a bad game. You know, hell, Tennessee had a terrible game against South Carolina last year. You can, you can say all that. But you know this is his last year there, period. Call it a chance or not. And you know your future is in Nico. Okay. Now that we've lost to Florida, the East is pretty much gone. Let's just be honest. Because the team that played Saturday night is not going to beat Georgia. Hell, I don't even know if they're going to beat South Carolina or Kentucky or Missouri, for that matter. So if you know Nico is your future and you know that Milton has had his chance, I may be giving Nico the shot just to Mm -hmm. almost get a head start on next year. Mm -hmm. And, And call me an asshole or, you know, giving up on Milton. Because, like I said, I, I do love him. I, I think he's a great guy. I think he he should be – this isn't the right words, but patted on the back, so to speak, for staying when he lost the job to Hooker. You know, because a lot of people wouldn't do that, especially in the transfer portal where it is this day and time. So, man, I love him. I, th- I think it's a VFL. Like, I love Milton. Mm-hmm. But this is his last year. The East is practically gone. You know Nico's your future. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. Let's get a head start. That's Put Nico in there, headed to the ship. Still, all right. <laughs> Put Nico in. It's still happening. I mean, I mean, right? really though. I mean, why? I mean, maybe I'm just dumb. I love Nico. I've been saying it from the very, very beginning. Nico should be playing before Joe Milton anyway. Yeah. Nico's that dude. Nico is that I don't, skill. But I don't. Let me make this clear. And this, I'll let Gruber take it. I, feel I like don't this is think completely against I don't, Gruber's grain right now. I don't now. think. I do not think this was Milton's fault. I really don't. If you had to give me four, but like, however, let me ask you this: There has got to be something we're not seeing. In practice week to week, because when they set out the game plan, what was that? Uh, like the start of the fourth quarter when mm-hmm. we're down by 
two scores. I mean, like, had to go, like, <clears throat> sure enough rush offense, like the same offense as far as speed goes that ran last year. Mm. Dude, he was perfect. He put a pass to Dante Dorton that, you know, some NFL quarterbacks couldn't make. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if he can do that, then why were they holding back some of the play calling beforehand? That's got to be something. The players were not seeing. You know, so that's why it's so tough for me to say this because let me make it clear. I love Milton. I do not think this was Milton's fault. However, if you know he's gone next year and you know Nico's your future, why not go ahead and get a head start on it and just see what he's got and get some experience. I don't think he's going to be red-shirted anyway. So that's all I'm saying. I know I'm dragging Gruber. Let me hear it. <clears throat> All right. So, what did I say week one of this podcast when we started talking about Tennessee? They're going to lose to Florida. No, I did not say that. <laughs> what did I say about a certain player and what was going to happen? People are going to hate on Milton. No, yeah, I said that Tennessee was going to miss Cooper Mays more than most people realized. Oh, yeah, for sure. And what did we see on Saturday? I want to I wanna bring up a point that not anyone's going to want to hear, no one's going to want to listen to because of what's happened the past two years. Does anyone remember what happened after Jeremy Pruitt left Tennessee? They became good. No, immediately after, before Hypo was hired or anything like that. Hmm. 38 transfers. Yeah, I was about to say, people hit the transfer Tennessee portal. lost 38 transfers, most of them freshmen. That's not including the kids that were committed to come to Tennessee. Saturday night, Tennessee played a kid that played for Butch Jones, one of the final two players of Butch Jones' class, and we all know Butch Jones couldn't recruit to save his life, and a former walk-on at center. I don't know about y'all, but that's not a recipe for success in the SEC. It is for Florida whenever we're playing yeah, against absolutely. <laughs> I'd say not, and I agree with you completely. But... You're going to say but, and I have a couple – just. Okay, good, good. Cook, cook, let him cook. Okay, so when we were talking about what we saw Saturday, he made good points about Joe Milton. Doesn't look like they trust him. What happened when Joe Milton had time in the pocket? He made throws. Yes, beautiful throws. Am I wrong? He made some throws. He he hit squirrel twice on two beautiful throws down the the right sideline. So this is my point. I don't – and when we're talking about transfers – People want Nico to play. Okay, let's just say Nico goes out next week, gets hurt. Joe has to come back in. What if Joe Milton gets hurt? You know who the third string quarterback is? Cooper Mays. Star Bucon. Might as well be. <laughs> Gaston Moore, a former walk on. Mm-hmm. From Bush Jones? No, he's okay. from High Thank Thank But God. that's the point I'm getting to is whenever you start looking at this roster and how it's assembled, there's guys that shouldn't be playing on an SEC roster. The reason that it was covered up so much year one and year two is because those guys that were there played every single snap. If you watch the games from last year, whenever Kamal Haddon got picked on against South Carolina, they brought in a freshman, that kid got destroyed because he shouldn't have been on the field. The freshmen that are there aren't ready. Mm. And that I know people hate to hear that because you want results right now. Do I think Josh Heupel will figure it out? Absolutely. Mm. But I think the answer is one Cooper Mays. I think you see a completely different team play Saturday than you saw this past weekend. Cooper Mays being back, I'm not sure if um, Gerald Mincy is going to play. He had a little citation Thursday and was relegated to special teams. Mm -hmm. Mm. Danico Slaughter didn't play in that game. Keenan Peely is hurt, so you're playing a freshman and another sophomore at linebacker. Like, there's a lot of injuries that people don't pay attention to, and there is not depth behind it. I know no one wants to hear that, but people forget what happened right after Jeremy Pruitt left. Heupel completely outperformed year one and year two, and now you're starting to see the after effects of what happened with the transfer portal. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, like I said, I've been a Tennessee fan my whole life. I'm not giving up on them. No. And that, that's be, another thing, to your point. You said the SEC is gone. Who in the SEC do we think is good at this point? It's not Georgia. Did anyone watch the Georgia-South Carolina game Saturday? I told y'all South Carolina was going to win. They almost did. What were you smoking, Brennan? Hey, that guy on TikTok, whoever you are, (laughs) screw you, okay? (laughs) He's a bull rider. He is. Well, he's riding more than that. (laughs) Well, and another thing, too, though, just one last thing I want to throw in on this Tennessee game. They – 
I got media, one more thing. Media too, is, I want to focus on the winning team. Well, no one cares about that. <laughs> media is ignorant. There is an actual media member that asked the offensive coordinator, coordinator today if Nico was to come in and play quarterback, if he I thought this, the offense would run better. Yeah. And you know what the offensive coordinator said? No, because Joe Milton is playing at a very high level. And if you watch, when he has time to throw the football, he is. Mm. He's always making the right throw. Everyone wants to talk about the interception Saturday. Did anyone see what was going on behind the defense? There's a guy running wide open down the center of the field. So let's just say Joe Milton gets rid of that ball. That could be a touchdown. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of things I think people want to overlook whenever they start talking about Tennessee, and it happens every year, and it's part of being a Tennessee fan is you start to notice these things because you have to because you need some kind of hope. Well, look, Tennessee's got a lot of issues right now that they need to deal with. Um, I, for one, hate Tennessee and always have. Uh, but damn it, they just keep losing me money. So uh, I told you, I'm gonna stop betting on Tennessee. I'm taking away my lock of the century of putting Tennessee as the uh, national champion this year. I'm, I'm withdrawing that, cash it out, get away. It's a good idea. Run because it's not happening. Because they got some issues. Well, I want I want to give the winning team a little bit of you know credit here. Um, Florida Tennessee game. It was a swampy ass game. It was it was everything I expected it to be in the swamp with what happened. Dirty. Dirty. Nitty gritty. So what I'm seeing as a Florida fan, we have a pulse right now. We're still up. We're we lost to Utah. But hey, we're still breathing. That was a good win for us. Massive. Huge for Billy. I mean Napier needed it. Oh, more than any huge. coach in the country, probably. Huge. I mean, Trevor Trevor uh Etienne and Montreal Johnson, they played well. Both of them. Mertz, like I said earlier, was bleeding from like six different areas. He's a four-star recruit playing like a five-star out there. He was nine consecutive passes. He was doing well. He was doing Let's well. Slow down a little bit. Now. He was doing well. Montreal Johnson and, Tra- and Trevor Etienne just key to that game though. It was. It wasn't. It, the reason we won wasn't because Milton played bad. I do not think that no, at all. There's a the, lot more. The largest run from scrimmage Tennessee had that game was 12 yards. They averaged 3.4 yards to carry that game. Billy said going in, I think that our strongest point on defense is our run defense. And you saw that. And Billy also said, we're going to be able to run the ball and we're going to have to run the ball if we're going to win this game. Hey, I will say this. good thing about y'all's Florida Gators. Y'all need to get that young that young boy that y'all got coaching y'all's defensive y'all's defensive coordinator. Yeah, that, the DC. That fourteen year old kid. He's thirty years old. Lock him into a lifetime contract, I, dude. I love the energy he brings. Yeah, he's he's amazing. He knows his shit. In the visor, yeah, yeah. I well, love my thing him. is too is Tennessee had a couple tough penalties. Mm-hmm. That blindside block was nasty. Dude, the ref dude. literally kicking the ball around. What was that about? No, I know. I mean, I, that well, was tough. Well, what was the point I made to you Saturday? It's not that I. It's definitely not the referee's fault Tennessee lost mm-hmm. the game. There was way too much. You should have never been in that hole. But do right. I think that the officials made it more difficult for Tennessee to come back? Tennessee's offense is strictly rhythm. Mm-hmm. If you've ever – when Hendon Hooker got in a rhythm, you weren't stopping him. If Joe Milton can get in a rhythm, you're not going to stop him. And mm-hmm. officials stepping in mm-hmm. – I mean, how many times can we count that Tennessee started behind the sticks because of a false start penalty? Right. Yep. How many holding calls did you and me both sit and we point out on Florida oh, that yeah. just weren't called? I mean, even you were calling them out. No, yeah, I know. I, I completely understand. I'm taking a little bit too long. On yeah, this one, I mean, but, I'm sorry. I mean, last thing I have to say about Florida, they can possibly be five and one. They got a cakewalk schedule till they play Georgia. Um, I'm just glad we still have a pulse. So I'm gonna skip over this real quick. We're gonna Florida State, Boston College. It was it was a 26 and a half point spread. Uh, Boston College had 18 penalties this game. Absolutely crazy. Florida State played poorly. Uh, I think they'll be fine, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think Travis. It, it, Travis is good. Yeah, and he got banged up a little bit during that game. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my things from that, and it goes back to which we'll get to in a minute, Georgia South Carolina. But I think that that was kind of a wake up call. Mm-hmm. As a coach, you don't want that to happen, but at the same time, you probably really want that to happen because now mm-hmm. they know you can't just step on the field and beat anybody. Yeah. So we'll and see. It's going to happen, look. and it's going to happen. Well, you got a big game this week too against Clemson. Mm-hmm. Could they have been overlooking Boston College? Possibly. 100%. But I mean, I think it. We'll see for sure this week when they play Clemson. It was a sloppy game all the way around. Oh, it was, like, it was an ugly game from start to finish, and I'm glad Travis is is okay because that dude's been on a mission this year. Mm-hmm. 
So cool I'm ready to see. see what he'll do against Clemson. And then Texas-Wyoming, that game was close. I mean, 31-10, to 10, but it, the game was way closer than that. It was 10-10 to 10 with eight minutes left. 21 points scored in the fourth quarter. It was shitty conditions at the beginning. There was piss and rain in Austin, and then it kind of cleared up a little bit. Wyoming's um, legit, though. Wyoming, they really are. Yeah. They're a legit team. Yeah, not bad. I'll agree with that. You, Alabama plays Wyoming this weekend, or this past weekend, Wyoming wins. Yeah, I think Wyoming's way better than In Wyoming, absolutely. Yeah. Even though USF has those erratic blisses. Ooh. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> That's what Saban said, at least. But let's get, let's talk about the Bama game. I mean, Bama, 17, USF, 3. I mean, there's really not Horrible much quarter play, quarterback play. Um, not good at all on the offensive line. Uh, no quarterback. Horrible quarterback play. Whoa, 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 whoa. My boy Ty Simpson played well when they finally put him in. Well, against you, USF, though. Do you guys agree that that was an FU game from Nick Saban? It was showing all the fans that are complaining to him about Milrow. <laughs> that, that, that's their that, best that's option. That's their only option. Yeah. He, he was basically using that game as a, a, a example. Of, they, hey, I mean, we can't do anything else with these other two. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. I think it, that was Saban's. Which, he, which is very bad, though, because like I said, Milrow is horrible. No, I, I mean, but I, he's I, super I, athletic. So. But I mean, he's their best chance to win. He just he adds that extra dimension that Ty Simpson and Tyler Buck, like Tim Tebow. Tim even, Tebow won a national championship. With, he's a good quarterback. With only one dimension like that. He's a good quarterback. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> but Alabama's in trouble. Everybody's going to continue. I think the throughout the year, just betting wise, lines are going to drop on Alabama, and mm-hmm. people are going to start loading up on Alabama when the lines drop on them. And because they're betting on the name, basically, mm-hmm. but I think there's some money to be made throughout this year mm-hmm. on betting against Bama. Even, even maybe this week. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Al- this Alabama team is very comparable to the 2022 Texas A&M team. A lot of talent on that team, as far as like no new recruit. Yeah, no quarterback play. Um, well, they don't have Jimbo calling you have plays on either. that game, Germ. I mean, I just watching that game and watching the. Georgia South Carolina game. I almost knew right then that Tennessee was going to lose to Florida mm-hmm. because when I saw that Bama was struggling against <laughs> South Florida and Something at halftime South Carolina was up to Georgia, was up Setting against up. Georgia. I was like, this doesn't happen. <laughs> so how does everyone feel about my Tennessee beating Alabama and Tuscaloosa prediction now? Now that we see what Alabama looks like and what Tennessee looks well, like, I'll say it like hey, I said last week when I when Gruber or when Doc asked me about. This past week, it really just depends on which team shows up. Because yeah. I still got faith in Tennessee, but it really depends on the game plan, who shows up, and how it starts. Yeah. Did I not say mm-hmm. last week that Tennessee is as crazy as it sounds because as fast as they can score, mm-hmm. they're not built to come from behind. That's I right. know that sounds wild, but it's, mm-hmm. it's well, true. It's, it's a defensive thing. Just mm-hmm. Defense yeah. gets tired because they're hey, out there so much. Back to your question you asked last week, you, know, you were saying that SEC is in trouble. Or are they in trouble? You asked. I think as a whole, yes. But you also asked another question, a follow-up question to that, is name the best quarterbacks in the SEC. And I will name you a quarterback in a tier of their own after the first three weeks of watching them, in a tier of their own, is Spencer Rattler. Mm. Spencer Which is Rattler. a great transition to that Georgia-South Carolina game. It is. But Spencer Rattler, look, if Spencer Rattler had a halfway decent, decent offensive line, mm. that South Carolina team would be trouble. Okay, because Spencer Rattler right now, if y'all watch the game the other day, he does not miss throws. Like if there is somebody a quarter of the way open, he is making a perfect pass in, in the, the first half. <laughs> in this, well, in the second half too, it's just nobody could get open in the second half. Nobody could get open, and that offensive line just fell. I mean, fell apart. But I'll also go back on the other side of Georgia. This is not the same Georgia team. Georgia's defensive line is not that good this year. Georgia's defense as a whole is not that good this year. And I'm still not sold on Carson Beck, uh, the check down king. That's all. That, I mean, that's that's all he is. Well, that's the thing. Georgia lost they, – they lost their OC, mm-hmm. new OC this year. And then also they lost Stetson Bennett, which he's in a whole new He's in rehab now. now. Um, but they don't have the explosives or, or, or creativity they ha- that they need on offense. They're kind of boring. They're boring. They really are. Um, I'm out. not saying that they can't figure it out. They might be able to figure it out. I don't know. But there's still a lot of ball left. Yeah, that's one thing we need to say, too, is it is going into week four yeah, of college yeah, football. Well, there's still, still so that was, much. That was Carson Beck's first SEC matchup. He's a kid. Yeah. yeah. He's and, a uh, kid. That's a Bennett's in a nursing home right now. Yeah. <laughs> it, you, last year you had a 35-year-old 
yeah. running that offense. Well, they were also more disciplined with last the, with year. This OC. year, they're just partying and speeding everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they that's, still got that. Problem. That's a different story. They, yeah, they still got that problem. So let's go into week four. A lot, a lot of good matchups this week. A lot of good matchups, a lot of good ball to watch all day. Solid slate. We'll start off with that Notre Dame-Ohio State game. I'm pumped wagon. to see that. I'm pumped. Take the dog. You like Notre Dame? Hey, step number one, locate a dog. Yeah. Step number two. Research the dog. Step number three. Bet the dog. Step number four. <laughs> Win money. Win money. <laughs> Win that dog. Come on the podcast next bring week. Him home, and tell bring everyone. home the dog. Oh, my Michael gosh. Michael Vick, that dog. <laughs> well, this dog's going to fight this week, okay? Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Notre Dame's outscoring their opponents this year by an average of 34.5 points a game. Uh, they, have, they have three out of four starters that were out last week back this week. Um, granted, they didn't play anybody. They played Central Michigan last week. But Notre Dame's defense is a lot better than I expected. OSU offensive line, they won this game last year. Um, Hartman's playing unreal. Yeah, let's not forget yeah. that. They have, Hartman's they, playing unreal. They have the Heisman on their team. Yeah. Sam Hartman is winning the Heisman. He's a massive influence for the team. He has that dude mentality. He has a fucking hell of a beard. Did, you see, him, hell of did you see him wait for the whoever it was they're playing the other day, their band to quit playing? Yeah. And then he was like, <laughs> What is he doing? Show us what he is doing. Huh? What was he doing? He was waiting. Oh, for I thought you were talking about when he was giving uh, the, oh, uh, the hand signals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> That was hilarious. The play call of the century. <laughs> My thing is, I like Notre Dame here. I like him, like you said earlier, winning outright. I like the dog. Uh, better quarterback, and they're playing at home. Mm hmm. Jacob, do you agree with that statement? Are you Notre Dame this week? The panel's riding on us. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm, it determines whether or not the audience needs to bet with us or bet against us. I mean, you seem like an Ohio State type of guy to me. Me? I'm Notre Dame. Yeah, he seems like an Ohio State type of guy. He likes a Go Buckeye. Which is crazy man. how he we've different. gone I against mean, Martin I mean, I, my rule all, all year has been bet the home team. Mm -hmm. But that's mostly been in right. the SEC. You can just leave it at that. We, it, you said but. <laughs> He's an Ohio State guy. No, Notre Dame's the home team. I know, but you said but. You said I'm always for the home team, but. Are you for that home dog? I mean, the, line's only, the line's <laughs> only three, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched Notre Dame since week one. I'm a busy man, business owner, father. <laughs> Leader. Tennessee fan. Been getting that Deshaun provider. Watson treatment. Madden player. You could have stopped a Tennessee fan. And we you have been more okay. At man. least you're not a degenerate. Hell, give me another name. I hey. like it. Play my Everyone piece. watching this podcast, do not bet on another. Yeah, that's bad. We all agree <laughs> it's bad. Unless you hate money. Yeah, unless you hate money and winning bets. All right, Colorado-Oregon this week, probably the most bet on game of the week going into it. A lot of hype with Colorado. Um, McGruber. What you think, dog? I have said for a while that once Colorado got to Oregon that you would start to see the real Colorado. Mm. And I'm going to continue with this statement. It's not that I don't believe in Dion. I don't believe in Shador. I do. Not having Travis Hunter is a huge deal. Because, I mean, you're literally taking somebody that's going to lock down a complete side of the field and replacing him with somebody that probably shouldn't be on the field. And I've said, too, that depth, people don't pay attention to depth as much. I talked about it earlier with Tennessee and losing all those transfers and how we're seeing the depth issues. Mm -hmm. Colorado doesn't have the depth that Oregon does. Can I see Colorado covering the spread? Absolutely. But give me Oregon. Give mm -hmm. me Bo Nix. Oregon and Bo Nix. I like it. Yep. Save Brennan for last. Yeah, y'all continue on. You want know, me to just give me my spit real quick? Yeah, let me hear you. It's probably the same team you rode with all year. <laughs> I do have an Oregon hat. Hey. I don't know. You only like them because they're serious. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. For all you Colorado fans out there. <laughs> You're going to get absolutely tallywhacked <laughs> this week. You're going to be exposed in ways that you have never been exposed. That offensive line is terrible. I think Oregon, take the alternate spread. Oh, shit. Give them that minus 24 and a half. 
I think there are going to be multiple liver lacerations this game. <laughs> multiple. Jeez. It's disrespectful. No Travis Hunter. Don't you ever consider yourself a buffalo again? <laughs> <laughs> I was never a buffalo. You said you were. No. On the last podcast, you no. said we're all buffaloes. Piece I did of say shit. that. I did say that. That was when he thought Florida was bad. <laughs> yeah, I did think Florida's bad, and now we have a pulse. Florida's still bottom three in the SEC. I don't think any of these coaches going forward are going to show Colorado any mercy. And I think that it's not for the fact that they dislike Dion in Colorado for what they're doing, but I, I think that they're just going to make a statement every single game. And I think that Colorado has put that on themselves with the amount of media attention and bulletin board information, like bulletin board uh, motivation that they're given because not only are they giving it for themselves, but they're also every single team after that every single weekend, week out, doesn't matter who you're playing. If you're playing some max school division five, whatever on ESPN, the Ocho, they have that, they have, they have that fucking game on the calendar circle because they know that that game is going to be the most watched that week. That's cute. That's my two cents. Okay. Jacob, you have anything to say? That kind of got me a little emotional. I mean, I'm not taking Colorado money line. I'm not putting, I'm not touching it with my bets. But I mean, how how do you not get behind a guy that's has won the locker room, the mm-hmm. greatest motivator of all time? I saw a video this week. He had this 80 year old woman, mm-hmm. you know, that's been a oh the super fan. Yeah, yeah. she was sitting in the throne yeah. at the game day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then last week he was talking about how the Colorado State coach was saying he wasn't raised right and he had his mama in the in the locker room after the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude knows how to – He knows how to pull the heartstrings. Yeah, he yes. Get the best out and, of him. And heart, at the end of the day, after we talk about home field advantage, after we talk about that's one depth thing charts, transfer portals, talent, four-star, five-star, you name it, the heart – doesn't show up on the scoreboard. And that is why <laughs> Oregon is going to absolutely destroy. Well, I, just, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't I didn't say I was taking Colorado money line. Right. But. All right. Well, look. Give me Colorado plus 21. How about that? Okay. I like it. And it's this. there's something spiritual about this, okay? <laughs> Do you need some music? Did, did you see – you can, you can keep my theme music here in a minute, but did you see the 60 Minutes episode? And uh, they said uh, they asked him. They were like, you know, what is uh, what's what's one of the best co- or what's one of the best sports stories of all time? And he was like, I'm writing it right now. Mm. Like, all right. And then they said they said, who's the best co- coach in college football? He said, where's Amir? All right. Has Dion ever failed at anything? No, Dion has. That's that's false. He's never failed at anything. A man don't have ten toes. Yeah, he missed. He a, cut, he, he's missed a step. He cut his time. toes off so he could go be at a football game and coach. Okay, sucks in a one leg right. race. I bet you right. tell you that. <laughs> but he fell real quick. He would find a way to win. He'd find a way to win. But here, here's what I'm gonna say: By the end of the week, this line will be at your alternate spread of 24 and a half. This line will 100 be at that 24 and a half. The, Oregon will be one of the most bet on teams. They might be more bet on than Colorado was against Nebraska. Like. People are going to hammer Oregon. They're going to hammer them all the way up to 24, 25. Like, they're going to hammer them. Mm-hmm. My thing is, this team, they are brought together. They love each other. Shadur is a dog. Like, Shadur is that guy. Dion is going to have them ready to play. Do I think they'll win the game? I don't know. I'm leaving that out. I'm always big on Colorado. I'm not sure. But I do believe they keep this a close game. Because they're going to be playing for Travis, one. They're angry because of what happened to Travis last game. I think Colorado State is actually a lot better than what they really are because they played so hard because it was such an interstate. I mean, uh, you know, it's a rivalry game. It's a rivalry game. So you're playing up, playing up, playing better than what you are. Oklahoma, I mean, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, doesn't matter if those teams suck every year. It's going to be a tight game. Like that's just, yeah, it's just the way it is. I agree. But I'm getting behind Dion. I'm getting behind Colorado in this game. I think they actually keep it pretty close. Mm -hmm. I'm not big on Bo Nix either. As a whole, so that's that's my take on everything. And if you look at the Texas Tech game, they got a very sneaky backdoor cover on that game. They did not play well. Bo Nix did not look that great. I mean, it was a sloppy game. Mm-hmm. And I think if they can frustrate him and throw a, throw a couple of different things at Bo Nix, I think that they can. I think they keep this game close. And you know what? 
Hell, I might even talk myself into taking him as the dog again. <laughs> that's, that's not fair. advice to anybody. No, think. that's fair. That's fair. But um, probably the second or third best game I think this week would be that Alabama Ole Miss game. Um, I don't know. I'm surprised, honestly, how bad that Alabama USF game was. Um, hey, what's step number one? Find a dog. <laughs> we found another one. There's another one there. Um, my thing with Alabama, it really, it didn't ever matter. I feel like with the co- who's on the coaching staff at Alabama, it didn't really matter before who was really quarterback because they had so many guys there. Um, you just need you just needed a good game manager. Yeah, you just need somebody to put the because ball. And that's my thing right now is I think Bryce Young showed that last year of how how many holes maybe that Alabama offense had. Uh, but Milrose playing this weekend, and I think that that can change some things too. But granted, Ole Miss, Alabama, you just never know what's going to happen. Lane Kiffin, I guarantee you, over three and a half clipboards thrown. Um, the last he, time I checked, it's still September. You know what that means? Mm-mm. Ole Miss is on a high. Ole mm-hmm. Miss is on a high. It doesn't. It's not till end of October, November, do they start falling off? Yeah. No, I think I think there's going to be multiple plays where Lane Kiffin's putting his hands up in the air for touchdown while the ball is still fifty feet in the air. So high scoring game for Ole Miss. I mean, they're the I believe they're still the leading offensive team in the country right now. Well, if you look at two things that Alabama does not have that Ole Miss does have mm-hmm. is a top five quarterback in the SEC and the number one running back in the SEC. That's true. And that's is two things that Ole Miss has. Ole Miss has the most talented running back Jenkins in the entire nation. Nasty. Yeah. And Jackson Dart is actually Which I didn't very, think he was playing last week and all of a sudden I looked on the chart and I was like, dude, I guess he played because <laughs> Judkins is is dominant, and I actually, you know, most people are, are are usually thinking that you can't run on Alabama, and you're gonna have to get some, you know, wild hairs and throw some hail marys against Alabama to win. Mm. I think Judkins runs all over Alabama this weekend. Mm. That's that's my take. I think Judkins runs wild on Alabama this week. Mm. I'm on the opposite end of this. I don't think you see a lot of points in this game. Okay. Alabama's offensive line was touted as this powerhouse, and it's bad. It's really bad. But on the other side of that, Ole Miss's offensive line is really bad. Mm. So I don't think you see a ton of points in this game. Alabama has a solid defense. I mean, as bad as the offense is, that defense is stout. So give me the under in this game, under 55 and a half. Mm. And, I mean, I'm talking like you might see a 7-3 to three football game. Ask Quinn Ewers about that defense. I don't know. His arm's still sore. He ain't talking right now because he threw so many bombs. That's a, it's a different story with Texas. You said it when you talk about the, te- the talent that Texas has and the talent that Ole Miss has. It's, uh, Texas they're not has comparable. A, Texas has a five-star at every single position. Mm-hmm. But, again, coming into the Alabama game, what was Texas's number one weakness that everybody was talking about? Offensive line. Mm-hmm. And they held up great. They were able to run the ball. They were able to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes to show how Alabama's <laughs> defensive line is not that good this year. Mm-hmm. But it goes back to Ole Miss's offensive line got tore up by Tulane. Right. Tulane's better than, than everybody thought they were on paper. Yeah, but I'm, I'm – Hey, just, Lane doesn't get fired up to play people like Tulane. Lane gets fired up to play <laughs> Lane's had this one scheduled already. He's he got has, this one circled But guess what? Year. Guess what Lane does every year? Lane finds a way to lose this game. Well, that's he my He also take. hits on the team. He beat them that one time. That's my thing. Lane never beat them. Yeah, Ole he Miss? did. Yeah, he did. Win. Yeah. Alabama? Yeah, he beat them in Lane, Oxford. Lane, that wasn't Lane. That wasn't Lane. That was Hugh Freeze. Freeze. Lane's never beat Saban. There's only three coaches that have beaten – former Saban coaches that have beaten him. That's Jimbo, that's Sarkeesian, and and that is Kirby. Kirby. Yeah, yeah. Well, regardless if he's ever beat him or not, he does – He plays well against them. He definitely plays them well. And so – And this is a bad Alabama team. And like you said, it's a bad Alabama team. It is September. Ole Miss plays well early in the season. It's at home. No, it's not. It's in Alabama. So it's Alabama, Alabama, which is my next point. If it was in Oxford, I would, especially with only a seven-point spread, I would take Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I'm taking Bama money line is because it's in Tuscaloosa. I'm not touching it with my actual money. It's not going to be in our four-leg um, last call parlay. But said I'm touching it. I mean, I'm I think, feeling all over. I think it. I think I think <laughs> Ole Miss keeps it close. I think they have a chance. Putting really both do. hands on it. I really do. Yeah, I, think, I agree. I think Lane plays against. Alabama really well. Well, next game, Florida State, Clemson. Uh, Florida State played a really bad Boston College team last week. 
I don't know if Florida State's mature enough yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if they show some sort of bounce back from last week and take care of business this week pretty well. Does anyone remember when Mike Norvell was at Memphis and what his biggest flaw was at Memphis was that he always played down the competition? Mm -hmm. I think that's part of what you saw last week as well. But I think you see the Florida State team you saw in week one mm. against LSU. It's a big game. And I'm taking Florida State, and I would take this up to probably at least six and a half. Mm. I would too, especially if Jordan Travis is healthy, because you look at Clemson, and regardless of what they've done on the year and what, you, what their preseason ranking was and everything, you watch them against Duke. And, yes, Duke is a superior defensive team. But they look like they couldn't beat Fed Academy out there, all right? <laughs> like, they looked horrible. I would take that over in that game. Fed Academy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fed Academy can't stop nobody. <laughs> but they're going to score. They are going to score. Bryce Dolan needs a raise. They are going to score. <laughs> Seth against JCS is a little rough. Yep, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Well, that takes us into our betting segment of the night. Let's talk about the dog of the week. Dog of the week. Who you got, Brennan? Start us off for us. All right, so I got – You can't have 18 dogs. This ain't a litter. We're okay. giving one dog of the week. <laughs> this ain't a litter. Okay, everybody's giving a dog? Everybody's giving a dog. Okay, because I was about to say I have three dogs, and I don't think any of y'all are picking any of them. Talk to the people. First dog, rule number one, located dog. Dog has been located. It's Notre Dame, okay? <laughs> that's, that's dog number one. And that dog is hunting. That dog is hungry. That dog hasn't been fed in a while. It's hungry, and it's going to eat against Ohio State. Okay, mm -hmm. and y'all can go ahead and say y'all's other dogs because I don't think y'all are gonna pick up on my 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 other dogs. So I'll come back to them at the end and <laughs> hit on them. Yeah. My dog is one that Logan's probably not gonna like too much, but my dog this week is Pittsburgh. Mm. God, man, that hurts. Yeah, I know. I knew it would. That does gonna hurt. I know. UNC has treated me so well. Shout out to all you listeners up there in North Carolina. Hey, their offense has actually been. Aside from last game, they've been very stagnant. It has, and that's the one thing that scares me. After, I mean, yes, did they look good against South Carolina? Yes, but there's only one Drake May, and there's he's going to show up every game. But I'm not confident or confident the rest of the offense is. Pittsburgh looked horrible against West Virginia, but I'm still taking them. Find I like the dog. It. I like it. Find the dog. Find the dog. Hey, back to Drake May though, real quick. Mm. He's missing Josh Downs a lot. Yes, mm -hmm. he's missing Josh Downs a whole lot because oh, that, yeah. they have. That's what they were supposed to be strong in this year's passing, and their run game is better than their passing game this year. And Drake May really hasn't done that much. It does make me a little nervous, mm. even though they have been good to you. Well, they've been good to me too. I've been winning money too. All right, what you got? Because I got two dogs waiting in the cage. What you got? Dog of the week. Giving them that War Eagle. Y'all already know how I feel. You got about something against Texas A&M, though. Y'all already know how I feel about Jimbo Fisher. You got mm -hmm. another poem written for us. Let me tell you something. Hugh Freeze is 3 0 since starting at Auburn. Mm -hmm. He's like Kevin Gates. He's got two phones, <laughs> taking both of them to College Station. <laughs> the line's only seven and a half. Give me Auburn. You got me fired up. Let that dog out of the cage. <laughs> Give me Auburn, baby. Give me Hugh Freeze. Freeze. Got Shout out Craig Massey. <laughs> Throw the deuces up. <laughs> Hell, if you got tickets, call us. We'll go. I'm free this weekend. Let's roll. <laughs> Come on, baby. <laughs> word to your mom. Yeah, word to your mother. Peace out. Man. All right. Dog of the week. I'm going to go with. Lane Kiffin and them Ole Miss Rebels. I like it. I think they're going to go on the road. I think, I think, like I said earlier, I think there is going to be a decent amount of offense this game. Um, I think it's the first time, like we said, it's going to be another coach that previous coach of Saban to actually beat him. So I think he's going to do, do what he needs to do. I think you're going to see a big game out of uh, Judkins this game. A um, couple breakout runs, I think. I like it. I like it. Hey, I got my last two dogs here. Okay, go for uh, it. And these dogs are just as hungry See, as the first. He's always got more. Hey, he's the, always got well, these two dogs are just as hungry as the first dog. This okay? is why his he's got forty five open bet slips already. Probably I do. For week I've, been, eight. I've been hunting. All right, we'll go with a little one here. Ball State, Georgia Southern. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, I like Ball State. Ball They're State, good. Ball State's good. They gave mm-hmm. up a good fight against Kentucky. Gave mm-hmm. up a good fight against Georgia. I mean, those are two. They're playing good teams. They are. They are. They're, they're actually they're covering too. Yeah. Okay. And, and they just absolutely waxed uh, Indiana State last week. Yes, Indiana State. Is, they're not very good. They're not very good. But Larry Bird went there. He did. And the kid from USJ that played mm-hmm. basketball against us. Uh, I ain't going to say his name. But anyway, <laughs> um, I got Ball State as my other dog. But then my last dog is a little close. Last call, the, last dog? It's a little Yeah, last call, last dog. It's a little close to the heart. All mm-hmm. right. And it hurts me because I've been on the the other side of this for so long. But I've got Mississippi State against South Carolina. And, you know, I've been on South Carolina every game this year. And, you know, I've been big on Spencer Rattler, even though I don't like him. I'm big (laughs) on him. Mississippi State, and I'm very against Will Rogers. But I think that the matchup here opens it up perfectly for Mississippi State. I've watched every Mm -hmm. single South Carolina game and every single Mississippi State game, and I don't think they match up very well. And I like – I like Mississippi State here. <laughs> the game's in Columbia. I don't care. This is you, you have, you have, you have, you're going against the grain on everything we've talked about on this podcast. <laughs> you have talked great about Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. You have talked shit about Will Rogers. And I have said the home team takes, takes the cake. I don't give a you shit talked about great the about team. South Carolina playing against Georgia last week, and now you're taking Mississippi State over <laughs> South Carolina. Hey, if you want to talk about the highest hey, percentage. Hey, it, no, no, the no. I love it. I love it. Love it. Hey, the only difference between my dogs and yours are mine eat Ukanuba and yours eat Old Yeller. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's it. I'm telling you right now. Let's probably only have three legs. Let's get into this four leg, four leg. I'm telling you right now, it's happening. I've been hot and I'm riding it. I was a little off last week, but I'm coming back this week with vengeance. That's fine. Hey, I hope you're right. Well, that's fine. I got a, I got a little side bet that I wanted to share for the people. I got a six point teaser here that is a hundred percent gonna hit. It's a lock. Uh, I got Oregon. That's already not hidden. I got Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> I got Oregon minus 15. Oof. Alabama, which that is not updated. The line's already moved. So now it would be minus nine. You could take it at minus nine now. So Oregon minus nine. Ole Miss plus 13. Notre Dame. Plus nine. Brennan doesn't like it. 100 to win, 160. I mean, I like the last two, but I mean, because they're going to win just straight up. But the first one, a little disrespectful, but, you know, that's okay. I would expect that from a hater. Oregon, Notre Dame, Ole Miss. I like it. People at home. All right. Who's going to start us off? He's been cold. Don't route him. I am the only one that hasn't lost this year. I'll start with anybody's game riding. that we haven't even talked about this week yet. Give me Missouri covering minus five and a half against Memphis at home. Mm. I like Memphis. We're not a one kids around here. Mm-hmm. But I also like the SEC and I also like home field advantage, like I've talked about all week mm-hmm. or all year, so to speak. I also like fat kickers. Give me, give me Missouri. <laughs> give me Missouri. Thick, thick kicker. Uh, thicker, thicker yeah. kicker. First leg of your week four, the last that, call sports parlay, Missouri minus five and a half against Memphis. Hey, this one's bound that, to hit too. That kicker got whatever he wanted on the campus oh, that night. Oh, yeah, man. That's some belly to belly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Thicker. <laughs> My last call lock of the week. Right now, I'm riding hot, 3-0. and Two of those games. I would like to say thank you to my boys at UNC, and that is exactly why we're going right back to my you this week. <laughs> That's exactly why we're going right back to you this week to cover that seven and a half point spread at home against Pitt. Pitt, I don't think is good. Honestly, I don't know a lot about him, but I'm just going with my boys in the baby blue. Drake May at home, gonna get the offense rolling this week. Win by 14. I'm riding with my friend Talia. <laughs> that is Talia Tonga Viola and the Maryland Terrapins. Mm. Maryland is a seven and a half point favorite against Michigan State. I would take that all the way up to 14 and a half. And yeah, we're going with the only good um, former Alabama quarterback that's left. They have cool jerseys too. Yep, that's what we're going with cool jerseys. I like it. Um, 
So I'm actually going to hit you with a little surprise here. Oh, shit. You got a poem? No. I'm just going against what I told you earlier. Oh, God. Because I don't want y'all to take it because y'all usually take my locks. I just hope it hits. Texas to cover 14 and a half against Baylor. Mm. I think Baylor is horrible. Rivalry game. I don't care. I think Texas – I mean, I think Baylor is horrible, and I think Texas has a little bit of a comeback game especially what they showed against Bama and then going to show what they showed against Wyoming, even though Wyoming is a tough team to play. I like Quinn Years to get back on track here. A.D. Mitchell's a dog. Mm-hmm. Feed him. <laughs> Texas, 14 and a half, cover. There you go. He found the dog. He found the dog. He located the dog. If y'all want a bonus bet, <laughs> take Tennessee to cover 20 and a half. I'm not touching Tennessee say, ever again. No, don't do that. But guess what? What did I talk about earlier? Cooper Mays is back. It's back in Neyland. Frank Harris isn't playing for UTSA. Tennessee by 20 and a half. I lied. I'm going to take the alternate spread there. Are you 100% on that? 26 and a half. I am. I mean, I just read somewhere that Cooper Mays may not be back until October. Yeah, I've, I don't listen to Josh Heupel. It's September, <laughs> it's September 19th. We're away from October. <laughs> hearsay. I would take 20 and a half even without Cooper Mays just to be fair. Okay. But. Well, there you go. Last call parlay of the week. You got North Carolina cover seven and a half versus Pitt. Maryland minus seven and a half versus Michigan State. Missouri covering five and a half versus Memphis. Notre Dame money line. That's not it. That's not what was the other one? Texas. Texas. And a half. That's why you messed me up. I know. Texas 14 and a half. Notre Dame is my dog of the week, though. Yeah. Okay. Tech, throw both of them on there. Throw them on there. <laughs> Throw both of them on Feed him while he's hot. Feed him while he's hot. All right, that is the last call podcast. We'll see you guys next week.